take this time to pray. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, dear God. We praise and worship you, O Holy Father. Grant us your great grace, O Lord, your wonderful, kind, and loving spirit. We need the great touch of your hand, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, I'm going to turn to the uh, book of Acts this morning. happy to be here with all of you. We want to feel after the good presence of the Lord. God bless each and every one of you. We're in the book of Acts chapter 2. I'd like to read verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise you may be seated. The Lord bless you. I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on make the call before the beat down. James chapter 4, he said there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. I want you to realize that God is able to save. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what country or what language or what race. It matters not how bad you feel that you've been and maybe justifiably. Um, the Bible teaches that whosoever will can come and can come and take freely of what God has. The provision that he's made, the price was paid by him on the cross for each and every one of us. So you don't have to worry about if you have enough money in your bank account. The real account that the Lord is interested in is your faith account. But the Lord has been so good to each and every one of us, every human being on the top side of God's green earth, he has deposited into your faith account the measure of faith. He has given you a little seed faith. He's given you a beginning, a little boost, a little start here. So you don't have to uh, say, well, I, I can't do it because I don't have any faith. Well, you do have faith. And you just learn to use what the Lord has given to you. It's been said, use what you have, and the Lord will give you more. So that initial faith that he has placed in your faith account, then if you'd like for that to grow, then that's a good reason for you to assemble yourselves together here at the house of the Lord. Good reason for you to allow us to sign you up for free home Bible studies because faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. The more that you can open your ears, your heart, your mind to hearing, as the scripture talked about, a hearing ear, that you're not turning a deaf ear, that you're not covering it up and saying, I'm not going to listen, when you only defeat yourself in that way, in that manner. But if you will slow down a little bit here and incline, one place said, incline your ear. 
not only shall we say physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, that you would begin to incline, lean into the word of the Lord. Don't run from it. Adam and Eve, in making one mistake, they begin to compound it, as people often do. Tell one lie, they wind up having to tell two or three more lies to cover the first one. And before you know it, it begins to spin out of control. And as someone said that uh, about what a web we weave when at first we begin to deceive. So you can find yourself making quite a knot out of everything, a whole bunch of knots. Things get very tangled up and very, very messed up when a person begins to depart and lie and go in wrong directions. We want to uh, start going in the right direction here. We want to, number one, we want to realize that on the first day of the church that Jesus started, he started the church. Okay, he did that. Now, I'm sure there are others that could have come along and they could have tried to lay claim to that. As a matter of fact, there are those that did. There are those that came along in other centuries, came up time period later, after the fact, and they begin to lay claim to being the originators. But God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one. And he said, I'm the lawgiver. And he, it said, he's able to save. So when he began the church, when Jesus gave birth to his church, he laid all the groundwork. He began to make preparations, and he went throughout all the land of Judea, Jerusalem, and Jordan, all this area, and he began to witness to people, talk to people, preach to people. He began to affect in a positive way men and women such as yourself. And they begin to say, you know what, we've been so involved with so many things and it hasn't gotten us much of anywhere. We need to, to do what he said as he told them, come and follow me. I want you to come, and I want you to follow me. Give this a shot. Give this a chance. Let me talk to you. Let me begin to show you that I have the power to save. I have the power to deliver you, save you from things that are uh, destroying you and undermining your life. The Bible talked in the 89th Psalm, and he used the word, I will beat down. The if you wind up on the enemy side of God, then you're inviting the beatdown. But if you could begin to listen, what a day it was when they had listened to the Lord. There had been many who turned away and went another direction. Some went to one thing and some went to another. Some got and continued on in their tradition of their religion, but others turned to him who has the power of salvation. The one that had the power to save and deliver them out of all the things that entangled them and tied them up and was tripping them up and destroying their lives. And so they begin to, in listening to what he said, inclining their ear towards what he was saying, they begin to obey then what he was saying. And he gave them very specific instructions. And as they followed those instructions, they begin to assemble themselves together in an upper room of a church house. They begin then to call upon 
the name of the Lord. They begin to worship him. They begin to praise him. They begin to magnify him. They had been supplied with the most important thing, and that was his name. His name. They called on the name of Jesus Christ, and it is written, after all that was done in that upper room, when they were all filled with the gift of God's Spirit known as the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with His Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches that He gave them such a supernatural experience. It made them a new creation or a new creature. And the old things had passed away out of their heart. And behold, He made everything new in their life. They were so excited and so happy and so filled with joy. That the scripture teaches then that Peter stood forth because the Lord bid him to do so and began to give him the inspirational words to speak. And giving him these commandments, he began to preach to the people because down below the upper room of the church house, the streets were filled with people who had just witnessed this great supernatural outpouring of God's Spirit. Seeing these local people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Seeing people that also, that were from afar off and looking up, and they didn't know those people. They were aware that they were local people, but they didn't really know them. And yet they knew enough to know that these people only spoke one local language. And yet they were hearing these people speaking in their language, in their native tongue. And they marveled at that, and they took note of that. How can that guy do that? Well, you know what? When people get their lives changed by the power of the one that has the power to save, people often wonder, how can that person do what they're doing? How do they live for God? How did they overcome drinking and drugs? How did they overcome the attitude of this world? Uh, many. Somebody mentioned to me the other day, and I've heard this so many times and have experienced it in my own life. That, uh, but people have said, uh, how, how do you give your tithe to God? How is it that you're able to give 10% and yet you still make it financially? If I did that, I couldn't make it. I remember a woman standing up here and testifying. And uh, she and her husband had met after they had been both divorced from other people. And they were out there just met in the world. They were lost, and, and uh, they each had children, and so it became yours, mine, and then ours as they began to have children of their own. And, uh, but she, she, she came in the church, and so did he. And God gave them judgment begins at the house of the Lord, and so everything began to start over anew. And she stayed at home, and she took care of the children, and uh, husband went to work. And... Uh, she testified, she said, you know, we have, to, we have bills and we have obligations. We even have child support, things that we have to do and pay. And she said, and I do the books. And she said, I can't figure it out. She said, I, all I know is we give God what is, belongs to him, and then everything else seems to get paid. And she said, I have more clothes in my closet than I've ever had. She said, it looks like we're just doing better than we've ever done. And you wonder, how is that? Well, you see, Jesus looked at a, his disciples one day, the church, 
And he said, uh, we've got some people out here. I believe there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 men and besides the women and the children. And uh, said, so, you know, we, uh, we need to feed them. They've been here in this conference, if you please, for three days. And they followed me, and it's hot and dry and dusty. And, and, and they're, they're tired, and they're weary, and they need something to eat. So what do we got? Well, the disciples started looking around at each other and rubbing their hands together and going, Lord, 200 penny worth of bread wouldn't feed these people. And, and, and uh, in other words, a large amount of bread wouldn't even feed this great multitude of people. And so Jesus said, well, um, that, that's all you got to say to me? And they said, well, we got a little boy over here. What's he got? Well, he's got a few loaves and a couple of fish. He said, well, you know what? You bring that here. And he began to pray, and he began to bless the food. And next thing you know, the miracle of God multiplying that meal and making it go further than any human mind could comprehend as the 4,000 plus were fed that day. So much so that the Bible said that Jesus sent the disciples out and told them to pick up the remnant. Get the leftovers. We'll have them tomorrow night. Go get them. Go among the crowd and bring them back. Take up the fragments, the leftovers. So the Lord, people don't understand, but answer me the question. Do you understand how that 93 million miles away there is a sun burning and that there is nowhere that doesn't feel the effect of, his, of the heat of that sun? Do you understand how that the moon, uh, what is it, 800 and something thousand miles away, and yet it brings to us the brightness in the, in the evening time? Do you understand about the stars that are without number and all about them? Do you understand about all of the planets? Do we delve into this and try to understand? Sure we do. But that's why we have this thing called science and we have astronomy and all of these different things. But point is, you're delving into God's mystery. Well, then should it be thought a marvelous thing in your eyes that the Lord himself can begin to do things in your life when you begin to call upon the name of the Lord? When first order of business is, he gave the name. He said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, and thou shalt save his people. He shall save his people from their sins. For you to get an understanding that the Lord God is not only going to do something for you, but in the meantime, he is supplying the means for this to be done for you. He's like he inspired Moses, and you can understand it in this light, that Moses said, I set before you this day life and death. And then he said, choose life. So, you know, the Lord is here, as the Bible said, my helper. The Lord is here to help you. Not only going to put the question before you, but he's going to supply the answer for you. This good God of yours, it's not a trick thing. And it's not something that takes an Einstein to understand. The Lord has broken it down, as he said in Isaiah, here a little and there a little. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. He's breaking it down so that you could understand it. He's not trying to make it difficult. What absolutely makes things difficult is that evil spirit known as the devil and the weakness of our flesh. And he works through that with all of the distracting inventions that he puts out in this world and knows that your flesh is easily distracted and that he can get you going to the left and get you going to the right 
and get you turning around until you're all kinds of disoriented and distracted and, uh, you know, you're just about ready to get dizzy and tip over. But let me tell you, there's a God that comes to give you direction. There is a God that's coming to show you there's a path and it's tried, it's tested, and it's proven. He's trying to encourage you to ask for that path. Incline yourself in that direction. Hey, they're even teaching football to fall forward. If you're going to go forward, you're going in the right direction. And it's not something as trivial as football or some game. We're talking about your eternal salvation. And the good God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob wants you to go Forward. He wants you to move in the right direction. He wants you to incline yourself in that direction. And He's going to help put your feet in the right steps. He's going to set them in there for you. He gives that much help. He's going to help you. When you're poor and you're needy and you, you have great need. And one place did say in, in Hebrews, you have need of. And then He began to name some. Well, for us to recognize that, number one, we have need of salvation. We have need of God saving us, delivering us from the enemy and from ourselves. We want to be delivered before the beatdown. And believe me when I tell you, the beatdown is coming. Now, it can come to you individually, but it's going to come collectively too. It's going to come to the whole earth from the east to the west, the north to the south. But you know, in all of those directions, there's also going to be a trumpet that sounds and says, give up my people, give me my people. God's going to gather his people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And it's going to be a great day of surprise and astonishment to those that are not taken up in that great first resurrection. For those that, that miss that cry, miss that boat, and miss that trumpet, uh, because they missed that opportunity that they had to call on the name of the Lord. In all of Peter's inspirational preaching, getting those commandments from the Lord, and he began to tell them as he was quoting from Joel in the Old Testament, <clears throat> and he was quoting to them that it would come to pass in these last days, saith God, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And he, so he's not skipping anybody. He's trying to make the opportunity and has made the opportunity for each and every one. It's people who disqualify themselves by their own lack of using the faith that God has given to them. And they refuse to draw on that God-given faith. They refuse. Stop up their ears and they will not incline themselves in that direction and become contrary. You want to tell God, I don't want to fight you. How's it written less happily? You begin to fight against God. I'm telling you, you're not going to win that fight. You're going to get the beat down of eternity. You better tell yourself, I absolutely want to get cooperative here. I want to start working with God, not against God. I want to start striving for God, not against God. Amen and amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. There's one that can say there's one. There's not 10, there's not 20, there's not 3, there's not 2, there's 1. One that can say, and you can know his name. Not just hear his name, but you can know his name, okay? You can have uh, much beyond a little, you know, the, the religions of the world will offer you a handshake. But you can 
you can know him much more than a handshake. And it's going to take more than a handshake for you to get this great salvation that God has. Now, if you're doing the handshake thing, well, at least I'll say it's a start. But please don't stop there when there's so much more for you. Don't stop at somebody telling you all you have to do is raise your hand and say, me too. Okay? Well, if you're raising your hand and you're acknowledging Jesus the Christ, then I'm glad for that. But please don't stop there. Because that's what your Bible teaches you now. It teaches you to move on in here and get beyond some ankle deep water. You've got, or maybe I should call it ankle shallow water. And you need to move on out here into the depths. God's got a great big salvation here. And he's got an experience for you. And you know and I know that God knows that you know I know. That you and I need a whole lot more than a handshake or a little raising of one hand while my other hand's still in my pocket. You know, We need a little bit more here than that. We need a deliverance. We need a salvation. We need to be saved from a strong enemy. We need to be saved from our strength of our own flesh that yet is so weak in the things of this world. It's only strong in its human spirit to have its own way and its own will. Help me, dear God, to get the kind of thing that I need, the kind of salvation that will deliver me from the enemy and from myself, that will truly set my feet on a solid rock. One lawgiver. One lawgiver. Not ten, not twenty, one. And his name is Jesus. Acts chapter 22, everybody said praise the Lord. In verse 16, now I'm going to read you this because some people think call upon the name of the Lord just means, you know, just something generic. Number one, we've got to get the right name to call on. And as I said, that name is Jesus Christ. That's what your Bible teaches, okay? He has many wonderful titles. And they're all good, but you've got to focus on the name of the one who holds all the titles. He has them all. They all belong to him. So when you say, Father, you're calling on Jesus. You understand me? When you, when you call on the Holy Ghost, I want the Holy Ghost, you're calling on Jesus. Okay? But at some point in time, you've got to get beyond the title, and you've got to call him by his name. Okay? You've got to call him by the name that's above every name. Because the blood, for one thing, is in his name. And you need the blood that absolutely is going to cleanse you of all of your sin and all of your iniquity. So listen here. There's a man. He's, he's on his way on his job. Okay? He's going to work. His work, though, is uh, unfortunately, in his eyes, he thinks he's right. In his eyes, he is right. But, you know, it's not his eyes that count. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. It's the Lord that's looking for a heart here that he can work with. And so this fellow is riding along, and he's feeling very justified in what he's doing. And he's hailing men and women to prison. He's, he's stone, having people stoned, killed with rocks. He's, uh, he's aiding and abetting the enemy here. But he feels that he's doing right. And so this man, in riding along on the way to a place called Damascus, the Scripture teaches that uh, it was time for beatdown. And he caught the beatdown that day. Knocked him right down into the burning hot desert sand. I imagine it kind of rubbed his face in there a little bit. And uh, this fella began to, to 
call on the name of the Lord. But he didn't do it right then because he didn't know the name. He'd heard the name, but he didn't really know the name. He didn't know that he was the one that holds all the titles. He didn't know, oh, you're that Jesus. Yeah, I'm that Jesus. He said, uh, who art thou, Lord? Now, this is Mr. Smarty Pants. This is Mr. I've got all the letters and all the degrees, and I was raised this way, and I've got, you know, all the pedigree going for me. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. You're persecuting me. You're fighting me. you got those letters of authority and those warrants, and you're going after my people. He said, what will you have me to do? Well, that's more like it, isn't it? Sometimes it's just nothing like a good feet test to just get that cooperation thing going. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're, we're, uh, we may not want to admit it, but we're just a tiny bit stubborn. We're just a little bit contrary. We're just a little bit self-willed. We're kind of doing my thing. And Saul of Tarsha had been doing his thing. And, of course, all the while he felt like he served God in doing it. But, you see, God has a name. And he said, well, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. Oh, okay. I got the picture because I've been fighting you. I realize now that I've been fighting the name of Jesus. I realize I've been getting your people, your church, and doing them bad. I realize that now. So what will you have me to do? And, of course, the Bible teaches that he was given very specific instructions. He was told to go to a certain location, city. And he was told to go to a certain street. And he was told to go to a certain house. It wasn't going to be just any place or any street or anybody's house. Very specific instructions came for him. I'm glad for that. I um, we do have GPS these days, and um, you know you can put them on your dashboard, or they can put it in your system of your car, or you can have those kind of things on your phone. Unless you have my phone, I have an iPhone flop. So don't get my phone. Um, I'm gonna try to get rid of my phone. But uh, what I'm saying to you is that specific instructions are designed to help us get to where it is we should want to be going to, okay? And, you know, it's, it's not too rough in our Tri-City area because it's not a big area and it's not a heavily populated area. But there are places, you know, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, there are places that are very large. Uh, there's 10 million people in the five boroughs of New York. There are 10 million people. And uh, you'll stop at a corner waiting for the light to change so you can cross, and you'll look around and wonder, why are all these people here? What's going on here? They're just waiting across the street. They look like a whole city population, small city population standing there just wanting to cross the street when the light changes. There are places of great population. There are places where, you know, you can really get caught up and get lost get mixed up and get confused. There are one-way streets and 
all kinds of switchbacks and things that go on. And there's detours, of course, because there's always road work that has to be done continually. So, you know, there are things that uh, that GPS thing can come in handy. Uh, that, that kind of um, insight can help you to get where it is you think you need to go. Right then, your address. Well, the Lord evidently gave uh, the idea for GPS to Saul because he gave him very exact and specific instructions and gave him some help as he was blind now. And he, having gotten the beat down, he's now blind. And he, uh, he reached around seeking somebody to guide him. Well, let me tell you, in your blindness, the church is going to provide what you need to give you the to get you to the place where the exact instructions are leading you. We're going to help you through the exact instructions. We're going to help you to repent of your sins. That is a very exact instruction. For Jesus said, except you repent, you shall perish. So we must needs repent of our sins. We gotta not only tell God that we're sorry, but we gotta Make amends here. We've got to change the direction here. We've got to stop doing that which doing that. That's what repentance is. It's a change of heart, mind, to direction. And then as we read here, listen to what the uh, man here saw that was sent with these very specific instructions. Meanwhile, God's Spirit is talking to the preacher man on the other end of the line. And he tells him the same thing. I want you to go to this certain house and certain street, certain city, and there's a man waiting for you. His name is Saul of Tarshish. That was a man that had a bad reputation, and the preacher was very hesitant. But God assured him that he's there. I've dealt with him, and he's waiting now for you to come in. And he's waiting for you to lay hands on him and pray for him. And so this man goes to where God told him. Lo and behold, this man Saul is there. And sure enough, he finds him praying. He's blind, and he's praying. And he's gotten the beat down. And now he realizes, I, I need some help here. And so here comes the preacher. At the o- obedient God's instructions, and this is what that man, now Saul, recounted later, 22nd chapter of the book of Acts, looking back on what took place and explaining it to people, to kings, to governors, to normal, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, everyday people. Didn't matter if you were king or if you were in the street. He was going to tell you this, and that's what he did. And he said that it was said, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Very specific instructions that were told by the Spirit and then told by the preacher led by the Spirit to the man that had received the beatdown. I'd like to tell you, get ahead of the beat. The Bible teaches you can fall upon the rock and you can be broken. You can do that willingly. You can bring your to God in response to the preaching of God's Word. And you can fall upon Jesus who is the rock. And you can do that. You can get ahead of the curve. And if you do that, then it can, shall we say, greatly diminish the beatdown 
It can put the beat down on hold and God can stop it because he has the power to save. God can save you from the beat down. God can save you from the destruction that's headed you. Have you never read in Revelation where he had four angels holding back the four winds of judgment? God can hold back judgment in your life if you would just get a little bit willing here. If you would just begin to call on the name of the Lord. If you would do that, you would do that. You would do that. Most of us in our younger days, most of us have experienced a little bit of fear of authority. You know, brother tells his sister, you better not do that. Mama going to get you. And there's a little bit of fear goes through. First news you know, mama walks in the room, and then that fear factor just goes up. You just felt it spike. Oh, boy, here we go. And you experience that. You felt it. And, of course, that's when you begin to pour on the lovey-dovey. Oh, mama, how you doing, mama? Of course, that's nothing to compare how it is with dad. You know, when dad's frame fills the door, you know, then the fear is really spiking. And it's, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, I'm your little girl, daddy. You know, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, yeah, and I'm about to spank my little girl. <laughs> so look out. All right, so you have experienced that. So now we're getting a little bit older. And we might want to realize that fear can be a healthy thing. You can embrace it, and it can help you. To get ahead of the beatdown. It can help you in a manner, in a way that sometimes nothing else can. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Your IQ just jumped, just went up a whole bunch of points. Because fear, the fear of the Lord, the respect. I respect the Lord. I reverence the Lord. He's saying this, I want to do this. He's saying, whosoever shall call, you don't want to ignore him. You do not want to be in a a showing an attitude of you just walk by with your nose up in the air and you ignore him. You don't acknowledge him. This man got the beat down. He, He was told. He wanted to know, who are you? What a blessing it was to be told. You know, it's a great blessing for you to hear the word of the Lord. It's a great blessing for you to take in, drink in the instruction of the Lord and that you're hearing that word and it's sinking in. It's not going in one ear and out the other over your head like an airplane 30,000 miles up in the air, but it's coming in here. It's an incoming, incoming word of the Lord and it's, it's beginning to explode in your mind and it's getting your attention and you, you realize, hey, I need, to, I need to pay attention to this. I need to wake up to this. I need to act on this. He's telling me to repent. The Word of God is telling me to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell God that I'm sorry for the things that I've been doing. And I'm going to turn around and away from those things. And I'm going to start going in the right direction. I'm going to start calling on His name. I'm not just going to call on Him in a generic sense. Hey, you, come over here. You know. And 55 heads could turn around. But if I can... If I can start calling 
on the name that's above everything. And be so thankful and blessed that I, I know that name. I know who the Father is. I know who the Son is. I know who the Holy Ghost is. I know who the Wonderful and the Counselor is. And the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father is Jesus. Jesus Christ is His name. And I can call on His name. You know? Now, I'm telling you, when you're facing the beatdown, you're not going to say, Fred, help me. Gertrude, help me. You're not going to do that. You're, you're not, you're not going to do that. You're not, when, you're, when you're headed for a car wreck and you know it's going to be a head-on collision, you're not going to call on your best friend. Not going to do you any good to call on mom or dad either, or aunt or uncle or great-grandma, great-grandpa. I'm going to do any good. You're going to have to call on the one who is able to save. There's one that's able to save. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the writer put it right here that the preacher said to the man who was through his obedience to God's instructions, placing his God-given faith in God and obedience to his instructions, that he was going to be transformed from the old Saul to the new creation. Behold, the Apostle Paul. And it's going to happen because he's going to quit putting it off. Quit saying another day. Quit acting foolish like those Matthew 25, those foolish that didn't take the oil in their vessels with their mouth. And begin to realize that time is running out. It's in darkness. I'm facing the beat down here. I put this off and put this off and I put it off. And now I, I, I'm, I'm at the last here. I, I've got to do something. I've got to start calling. And I need to call correctly. I need to call accurately. I need to call exactly. I need to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Calling upon the name of the Lord. When he was baptized in water, they called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People will call on Him. Hear me now. They will call on Him when they're facing a dilemma, when they need a blessing, when they want their food blessed, when they're in the hospital, when they're about to have a collision. They don't have any problem saying Jesus. But when we get them to the tank to be baptized, there's all kinds of people that halt and don't want to hear the name of Jesus. They want to tell you, give me the titles. You don't need the titles. And let me tell you, the titles come with the name anyway. That's who he is. That's who he is. And of course, then there's those who tell you, well, that's the same thing. It don't make any difference. That's what they say. Now, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. They say, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. That's the religious world for you. Contradict the word of God. Jesus tells us over and over, the name, the name, the name. And yet they just go right over that name when it comes to water baptism. Now, for many other things, they will say something and they will utter that name. But you know, until you've repented 
until you've been baptized in Jesus' name and your sins have been fully washed away by the blood that is contained in that name, until you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you better understand that you don't know him. Okay? You need the revelation that comes with this experience that you get your understanding opened as to who he really is. He's not a second or a third person of some man-made thing called a trinity. He is the one true, living, eternal God. He is the only God. He is the one lawgiver. He is the Savior. He is everything that you have need of. And He has a name. And He said, here's my name. I'm giving you the key. I'm giving you the name that's going to open the door of salvation. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to do that for you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's remain standing. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands and call on that name. Thank you, Jesus. I need your name, Lord. I need you to save me. need you to, to save me every day out of all of the dilemmas, all of the different situations of this life. Help me, living God. Help me, dear Savior. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be that name. And Everybody said amen. You can begin calling on the name of the Lord through repentance. You continue calling on the name of the Lord through water baptism in His name. And you continue calling on the name of the Lord receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? That gives you salvation. And you know what? You keep on calling. This is a long call. This is a lifelong call. You're not ever going to want to stop calling on that name. I've had to apologize to the Lord. I've said, Lord, I'm sorry to ask you for so much, but I have nowhere else to go. I have no one else to ask. What I need, you're the only one that can do it. <laughs> it's just as simple as when I pray for that cancer to leave your body, he's the only one that can do it. Come on. When you need that blessing, he's the only one that can do it. When you need the Holy Ghost, He's the only one that can do it. When you need your sins washed away and all you need them washed away and forgiven, He's the only one that can do it. And He being Jesus, Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Oh, yeah. Holy, 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 Father, you are holy. Yes, he is. There is no one else like you. Faithful, faithful, Father, you are faithful. We have put our trust in you. Yeah. Our God who reigns. Come on. Woo. We praise your name. Yes, my name. Faithful, faithful, Father, 
Put our 